All right, guys, if you missed out on Freight Fest 2023, I feel for you. I know you're punching air. However, Freight Fest 2024 is going to come sooner than you think. Right now, go to www.freightfest.com. Early bird tickets are available. Listen, we're already planning for next year. It's going to be crazy. We are already lining up the speakers. Uh, make sure you stay tapped in with us for all the updates, but get your early bird tickets right now for Freight Fest 2024, happening on September 26th through the 29th at the Royal Sinesta Galleria Hotel in Houston, Texas. All right. Go to www.freightfest.com for more updates. I can't wait to see y'all there. Let's go. What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's a good business to get into because you're right, with a, a tractor trailer or other, there's a big capital investment. Getting a, a 26 or 24 or 26 uh, straight truck bobtail is you know, significantly lower cost than, than a tractor trailer. We're trying to finesse that with our association right now where we can have programs that'll help people get into business. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. All right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode, and I am here live from Boston. That's how they say it in Boston. Boston, Massachusetts, at the National Home Delivery Association with the man himself, Mr. Don Staniszewski. Did I get it right? You did. Thank I you. I got it right. I've been practicing. I made sure yeah. I, I nailed it. I nailed the landing. And this man is the founder of the National Home Delivery Association. We are here at the at the conference, at the actual conference. Um, you know, first of all, thanks for inviting me, Don. Uh, you know, I'm really excited about learning more about the NECA, what you guys are doing. I think it's really cool that you guys have this niche of, of, of business leaders, thought leaders in this space that are able to add value to the community. And I'm just very excited about talking to you. And, and thank you for being here on the show. Great. Pleasure to be here. For sure. All right. So let's put some context around it. Let's first let's start of how you came into this role. Let's talk about your background a little bit. Okay. Well, you know, I, I've been in trucking all my life, basically, and uh, specifically in last mile home delivery. And uh, we, uh, the industry has really changed over the years and it's, it's grown. Certainly recently, it's become very trendy and, and very popular, especially with the COVID and people expecting uh more and more deliveries to the home. We started this association back in 2013. And uh, there's, we, we always consider ourselves a group of friendly competitors. It's a, <laughs> kind of a small niche industry in last mile. It's not trucking, it's not LTL, you know, last mile is, it's not moving in storage either. The last mile is a, is a segment on its own. But all of us used to get together at different conferences and customers and, and share information. And, and uh, you know, we, we all became friends. Yeah. And so one year we decided to 
invite people to, to uh, my hometown now in Nashville, Tennessee, and just to talk about industry issues and where we're at and what we need to do and, and similar problems. We had a lot of similar legal problems, insurance problems, and so on, recruiting. And uh, out of that meeting in 2013, we decided to form an association. And we formed and uh, incorporated a nonprofit National Home Delivery Association. Uh, I, and uh, it was with 10 different companies, a small group of 10 companies. And we've grown to what we're, we're at now. And it's growing every year. There's many, uh, our members comprise about probably 70% of the last mile home delivery market. Mm. And uh, the big and bulky market is different than uh, the courier or Amazon deliveries and such because uh, it requires more finesse. Uh, there's a driver and helper on the truck delivering you know, furniture or refrigerators, washers, dryers, appliance, electronics, and uh, bringing them into people's homes. And trucking is like a necessary evil to the delivery and installation in people's homes and offices and such. But our association has really grown from there. And just recently, especially with COVID, uh, Home delivery, last mile delivery has become very trendy now. Everybody wants deliveries to their home, you know, and, and at COVID, you almost had to have that. Right. But, you know, it's the online presence now has become more and more significant to this type of business. Um, so it, it's been a great industry. It's, it's a, a very somewhat of a stable industry because. People have to get appliances whether you like them or not. Uh, so, you know, we do see some ups and downs in the industry, but it uh, typically follows a lot of uh, consumer patterns, buying patterns, and what the economy is doing. But there's always some business there because you always have to have a refrigerator, washer, dryer, or what have you. For sure. TV. So, Why is an association like the NHDA important, right? And how does it add value to a, to a business owner? We have a lot of similar issues and a lot of significant issues. Recruiting, training. We use the industry, it has been, uh, it's gone through a lot of changes, but we use a lot of independent contractors. And now there's a lot of different regulations about uh, uh, co employment and, and, and that's a misclassification. Are these employees, are they independent contractors? And uh, we, we share a lot of the same issues and a lot of the same problems. And how do you how do you actually do this and pull this off? Like when you're delivering something into someone's home, uh, you have to have a driver and helper team that look good, know how to deal with a customer, have a smile on their face, that they don't damage the merchandise, don't damage people's homes, and and you know so it's 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 a very it's a, the training and finesse is a big part of it. The other thing about uh, last mile deliveries that's a little different is. Uh, people think that these guys have to be big muscular guys to <laughs> muscle around uh, their merchandise all day long. And it's really not. It's normal guys like you and I, where technique is technique, everything. Yes. Because if you don't have technique, you'll quickly wash out of this industry because it actually requires a lot of endurance and, and technique. Uh, if you try to muscle things around all day, every day, 
you, you'll never make it in this industry. So we share a lot of these similar concerns. Uh, and insurance, of course, is a big, big deal. Uh, insurance, liability, damages to homes, uh, leaky uh, water hookups, things like that. Mm. And, and so, uh, you know, the risk containment is a big part of our industry. So we are all friendly competitors, basically. We share ideas, share thoughts, share uh, processes of how we get things done and, and how you make money in this industry. For sure. I love, I love how you pointed out that technique. Um, it's, it's so important, right? Like knowing how to use those hand trucks and yep. different things like that, that people think like it's all about being strong. Nah, man, it's just all about how to leverage and, and different things like that. Absolutely. For Absolutely. sure. All right, cool. Tell us a little bit about your professional background. You said you started with like 10 members, right? 10 we did. companies. 10 companies. So what was your company? What was your role in that company? And tell us a little bit about that. I, I basically started in the industry. I was with a company years back, Leaseway Transportation. Way back when, Leaseway Transportation was the leader in last mile delivery. They had most of the business throughout the uh, United States. And people, I'm sure, don't remember this, but United Parcel used to be in this industry. Mm. They chose to get out of it because it's a very risky and uh, there's a lot of liability in this industry. So I started at Leaseway Transportation. The industry back then was, you know, smaller trucks, uh, all employees, a lot of unionization. And the industry went through a lot of changes over the years. Um, it went from, uh, from employee trucks to con independent contractors and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, the industry has certainly evolved and it's still evolving and changing. Now, you know, route analysis and all the software improvements <laughs> and such are even uh, AI is a big part of the industry right now. Yeah. Uh, so we started with these companies and I, I am also an owner of a company. Uh, we do last mile delivery throughout the United States uh, uh, for uh Customers like Best Buy, Home Depot, Restoration Hardware, Costco, and things like that. Uh, and all of our companies, uh, all of our member companies and associated members, they all have something to do with last mile delivery. So there's great relationships, great networking to be done there, and uh, a lot of sharing of ideas. So uh, I think we, we provide a lot of value with that. And that's why people are attracted to our association. Got it. So talk about some of the, I guess, the main things that are plaguing the industry that you guys are kind of talking about. You name some things. You talk about insurance. You talked about um, employee versus like IC, independent contractor. Correct. Can you just like speak to those things that are the, the important topics that you guys are kind of covering just to kind of give an overview of them? Well, you know, customer service is always a big deal because you have different personalities, different people on these trucks. Not everybody is a customer service specialist. So we talk about training, proper techniques, how to, how to, how to make the customers happy. That's one big issue. Insurance is a big issue. The insurance industry has gone through a lot of changes. This is a very risky industry. We have some claims sometimes that can be very sizable when you uh, have a water leak in a home that's damaging floors and, and drywall and things like that. So, so insurance is a very, very big topic. Mm. Uh, when you, what, just uh, sorry to cut you off, but when you say like a water leak, how, how is that the... How, how is that the carrier's problem? Just, just so I understand. Because they installed like a washer dryer, refrigerator, okay. gotcha. and something's leaking gotcha. because it was improperly hooked up. 
so, you know, we try to prevent that. And sometimes, you know, it, it happens. Uh, they'll scratch floors when they bring something in. And, you know, what you, you have a delivery for $100, and then you have a claim that's, you know, $10,000. So insurance is a, is a very, very big factor in our business. Got it. Um, you had mentioned about the independent contractors versus employees. Uh, regulations are are real big deal, particularly like in states like California and such, where uh, these entrepreneurs, uh, independent contractors who own their own trucks, have a driver and helper on the truck, provide their own insurance and such, they're constantly being challenged by local legislation that wants everybody to be an employee. Um, and, and so that's become a very significant uh, uh, problem for our industry for several years now. And it's something that we all need to stay on top of. Uh, you have a lot of uh, state governments and a lot of politicians and such that would love to see everybody be an employee and provide, uh, you know, a lot of tax revenue uh, and such. And uh, um, it, it's a very difficult uh, subject right now because uh, you have entre entrepreneurs that want to be in their own business, and yet they're being challenged by a lot of these states that really don't want entrepreneurs in this business. I guess Uber and Lyft were good examples of that. Mm, yeah. You know, there was a real challenge in California to have all those people be employees of Uber and Lyft. And yet they're gig employees. You right. know, they're very flexible. They can work for, for whoever they want, whenever they want. Our industry is somewhat of the same. Yeah. You know, they can work with different multiple customers and such. Um, so they are true, we believe, true entrepreneurs. Uh, but trying to maintain that status is very challenging. And, and that's a very uh, trendy topic in our business right now. The other trendy topic is, how do you provide optimal deliveries? Mm. You need to get density. You need to, you know, software routing and such uh, and letting people know when you're going to be there, doing everything right. It's very some, somewhat similar to UPS. You, you know what to expect with UPS. With last mile delivery, people want to know what to expect. When you're going to be there, how you're going to handle things go in and out with a smile on your face and then get the hell out of there. So, <laughs> right. So. Why, why do you think uh, last mile has become so trendy outside of the fact of, you know, the e-com boom, right? People wanting things delivered to their home. And I'd also assume that the barrier, well, I also know that the barrier to entry is a little bit lower than like traditional trucking, right? The cost of equipment and so forth. What are, what are some other reasons why you think maybe people are so attracted to, to the last mile? New generations are expecting to get things delivered to their home. They're demanding to get things delivered quickly. Uh, and, and you did mention the online retail thing. You know, that, that's a big deal. People want their product to deliver their home. They don't even want to go into stores anymore a lot of the time. Uh, there still is a lot of store activity, but it's becoming more and more online activity. At one time, online activity was probably 10 to 15% of home deliveries, last mile deliveries. And, and, you know, that's quickly going over 50% now where, you know, people buy stuff online and they expect to get it next day <laughs> or, or, or soon thereafter. Right. You know, so, uh, and, and then, you know, we've got the opposite part of it where we're trying to produce productive routes density where you're not driving back and forth all over the place. And, you know, every day is a new route. 
And so we use a lot of software and a lot of tools to do that. Uh, but it, it's uh, productivity is, is, is good for the industry, good to keep costs down, certainly. And it's good for the customers, too. They know what to connect. They, when they can expect it, there's a lot of tracking, you know, communication about where, where we're at, where, when we're going to be at your home and that sort of thing. Mm. So that's a very significant part of our industry. Got it. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that uh, follow this podcast. How do you get started in this space, one, right? And, and how do you stand out from, from the other people in the space? Yeah, no, that's, that, that's actually a great question because starting in this space, uh, our association actually is working towards developing programs to try to introduce people to this new entrepreneur business kind of thing. It was a lot of word of mouth and uh, relatives, friends, and finding out about an industry, working for someone else, and then going off on your own. Right. We're trying to finesse that with our association right now, where we can have programs that'll help people get into business. Because there's there's a lot of other issues you know, owning a truck is still owning a truck. You need, you need authorities, you need licensing, you need insurance. And, you know, it's, you just can't go in a truck and start delivering today. Right. Uh, so there's, there's a whole process. And with all the retailers that we deliver for, background checks are a very big deal. You know, they want to make sure that people going into homes are properly vetted and that we're just not sending anybody into the home. So getting into the business, barriers to entry, it's a good business to get into because you're right, with a, a tractor trailer or other, there's a big capital investment. Getting a, a 26 or 24 or 26 uh, straight truck bobtail is, you know, significantly lower cost than, than a tractor trailer. But, you know, they have to worry about expenses, fuel, things like that. Yeah. Um, so our association, that's one of the things that we're working to improve and working to try to make it uh, advantageous and easier for people to get into this business. Yeah. Is it difficult to build relationships in this business? Like in traditional trucking, you have a load board, right? Where like you go in there and there's a there's a spot market, right? People could bid on, on freight. What is the spot market for... Uh, big and bulky home delivery. There really isn't a spot market, but that, and that is a great question because we have toyed around with that as well. Generally, it's different operations, different companies. Uh, we really we share resources sometimes between companies, but basically they're dedicated contractor uh, contracts that we have to deliver for some certain retailers. Uh, we have some operations where we commingle a lot of freight and deliver from multiple retailers, but the retailers see this last mile delivery as their brand. You know, this mm. isn't uh, like a UPS delivery where they just deliver for anybody. The retailers like to say, you're going to get delivery from Don Staniszewski, and he's going to be there between four to six tomorrow. <laughs> right. And you can, you, can, you can be assured that it's going to be a professional delivery and they know what they're doing. So, you know, this isn't also an industry that you can just walk up and, and start delivering refrigerators or uh, sofas the next day. It takes some training. Yeah. And, you know, that's where we come in as well. Work to try to train people, uh, try to get people into this business and know how to do it right. When, you, when you're able to land a contract with a retailer, how do you, how do you guys negotiate prices? Is there standard price settings or do you have to negotiate your own price? How does that kind of work in this, in this world? Great question. There's a lot of negotiations because uh, all deliveries are not standard deliveries. There's different uh, retailers have 
different delivery areas, uh, you know, different requirements, different processes, different procedures. And, you know, the trucking, again, is one portion of it. But the delivery itself, how involved is the ins installation? You know, are you hooking up something? Are you just putting it in a place? Are you taking away the old product? So, therefore, there re really isn't standard pricing for this. It, it really depends on what account you're delivering for, how, what the density is like, how many deliveries will you have in a day? You know, and they vary anywhere from 8 to 20 deliveries in a day. Now, if you look at like a typical UPS, they may deliver 70, 75 deliveries in a day. Yeah. But they're boom, boom, in and out. A lot of our deliveries are not boom, boom, in and out. You go in and we've all had these deliveries where you have a refrigerator installed or a washer dryer. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot more involved. So, so the pricing is very important and it's, it's very unique to each operation. Yeah. Uh, some of them are very similar, but, uh, but you have to look at each operation separately. And are there pricing like models available for people that people kind of follow? And then I like, got, uh, and then the second part of that question are, are there people in the business who <coughs> maybe disrupt those models, like by cutting, cutting, like cutting, having lower prices than what the standard price should be, right? Like undercutting is the word I was looking for, right? Like yeah. are there bad actors or people that you would say, oh, they're, they're making it bad for everybody else because they're just taking anything for the... Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts. For, for the delivery. You know, there, there's really not a lot of that. Okay. And, and the reason why is we get these contracts, and when, when you start delivering for a retailer, they don't want to change. Once it's in place, this is very complicated. You just can't <laughs> slide people in and out, different people all the time. They want some stability. And uh, again, like I said, it's, it's their brand. They like to talk about the last mile is really part of the retail experience for mm. someone. Um, so, so no, there's not a lot of, there, there is some cost cutting, <laughs> but not, not a lot. Okay. And good. the other thing is with the contracts, uh, you know, when you get in, you know, trucking contracts, Honestly, anyone can break them pretty, pretty easily at any time. But they don't because it's very significant. Once you got somebody doing it good, you know, they don't want to change it. And honestly, we don't either, you know. Right. And it takes a lot to get this started. And once the operation is up, up and running, to go and change it is a significant event. Yeah. And the, the retailers or the shippers, that, the products that we deliver, they, they don't want to take a chance on disrupting it for their customers yeah um so a lot of, there's a lot of stability in the industry there's not a not a lot of fly-by-night 
companies in here because once you're in, you're in, you're committed. Uh, it takes a, a lot more finesse. And once you're good at it, you're good at it. You know, <laughs> so there's, it's really significant. And it's really something to be proud of. Got it. You, you, uh, a, a, a big majority of the companies in this space are part of the NACA, as yes. you stated earlier. So you've seen a lot of stories. You've seen a lot of success stories. You've probably seen some people that haven't been as successful. You've probably seen a little bit of everything, right? Can you tell us a story that maybe comes to mind? You don't have to name the company of someone who kind of started a business maybe in a small amount of time. You saw them start in this one place and they've grown to this just to kind of get us, give us an idea of how things could work for you if you get into this world. There's a uh, one story I can think of is uh, there's a company. They started at an operation with a large retailer. They brought them in. The large retailer was running their own trucks uh, with their own employees and such. And uh, the productivity was not real good and such. So they decided, well, let's try contracting out some, with someone. They start with four trucks. They give them more. They give them more. They give them more. Before you know it, this four-truck operation company became a $70 million enterprise. <laughs> wow. And, and again, it's once the retailers know you're good, and they have a lot of word of mouth as well. Hey, this company's good. These guys do a good job. You know, they want to use you more and more and more. Yeah. And uh, um, the uh, turnover of being low cost and fly by night is very significant. You really can't be low cost fly by night because, especially nowadays, we have a very difficult time getting people to come to work like anyone else. Yeah. And to come in this, in this industry, once we have good people, we want to keep them too. So, you know, I, uh, the, over the years, and I'm talking about over the last 10 years, uh, the pay for this industry has, has actually increased mm. uh, because it's, it's not about bottom line price. It is and it isn't. It's more about the quality. Got it. Do you do you have any any data or statistics on like driver churn in this industry? Like how many drivers typical companies would go through because of difficulties of this type of industry? Is there any type of data on that? Uh, you know, I don't have any data, but the washout and the turnover it is still a significant industry. Yeah. Uh, in in this industry, because you know this industry isn't for everybody. Yeah. You know, if you're an entrepreneur and such, you know, some people. You, you can't be doing this type of work in your 70s. <laughs> it, it is right. a younger man's game. And I'm not saying you have to be 20 right. or 30 because there's a lot of people in their 50s and maybe even 60 doing this. Uh, but, you know, it, it's uh, there is still a lot of turnover because some people just aren't cut for this type of work. What are some of the best practices for driver retention that you guys have found? There's a lot of them. We do. In fact, we just talked about it in our, our forum just yesterday here in uh, Boston about, you know, we, we utilize a lot of contractors uh, and they're, they're not our employees, but they like to be recognized. And, you know, it's not all about the money. It's people. People find this industry very rewarding. If you can go and be a, a professional delivering this type of product, you know, and, and survive well in the industry as a career, it's a good career. Mm. And they like the recognition. Some people like dealing with customers and going into a different home all the time. Uh, you know, this isn't warehouse work where you're at the same place every day. You know, it's, it is exciting. And you, know, you get different types of merchandise, different types of homes, different types of deliveries. And when you're a professional, it's really something to be proud of. You know. Yeah. You, you just now spoke about using a lot of contractors. It is, and you know there's been a bunch of just 
talks and back and forth and regulatory things about contractors versus employees and so forth. Is that something that threatens this industry? Um, and, and if so, how are you guys defending against that? What's your thoughts on that? It does kind of threaten the industry because it's, you know, it's, it's, it gets somewhat political, state by state and such, um, because, frankly, lawsuits are expensive. When you get involved in a class action lawsuit or something, there's a lot of aspiring attorneys that make a career out of this. You know. See their billboards everywhere, right? Yeah. It's just like you see, you know, when, if you're sitting at home and you see all these workers' comp things and yeah, all that. Yeah. Well, the same thing with our industry. There, there's some, uh, a lot of uh, attorneys that like to file lawsuits and get, you know, they see it as a money thing. Um, so that is a challenge to our industry. And that's something that we're, we try to combat, we try to, to fight against. And, and it, it is very similar to the Uber Lyft thing, too. It's a lot of people that this is what they want to do. Right. And yet you have opposing people that say, no, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, and, and the states uh, see it as a, a way of getting around paying taxes and such. And honestly, that it's not the motivation at all. Uh, contractors and people in our industry, they want to do this type of business. They love it. And uh, so, so we, we, we are working legally, lobbying politicians in Washington and such to try to tamper that down so that that doesn't become a disruption to our business all the time. We have a hard enough time, honestly, <laughs> delivering and getting things out on the street and, and you know, successfully delivering to people's homes without having to worry about lawsuits and such. And, and the liability as well, doing things right and not having damages. You know, these uh, uh, people that I just said are very proud professionals. When they do it right, they can make good money at it. When they do it wrong, you could also lose a lot of money with claims and problems and like that, yeah. that, that cost them money. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. So um, are you still operating your business as well? I am, yes. Okay, got it. So you say you do a lot of stuff for like the large, large retailers like Home Depot and so forth? Yes. So is how important is like niche in, in your industry? Like do, do people just kind of deliver like all big and bulky or is it like you find like a segment of big and bulky and like how, do, how does that kind of work? It, you know, it's, it, there is a niche, and it's big and bulky, and, you know, you get into this space, and, you know, you become very good at it, and there still is a lot of word of mouth and networking. This company knows what they're doing. We don't deliver small items very well. <laughs> that's, a, well that's, a, that's another business, you know, totally. Right. Right. And, you know, that's something I, I always say. If the retailers could figure out how to deliver a sofa into your house with an Uber car, they would do it. <laughs> but you can't. Right. So, you know, there's always some stability and, and finesse in this industry that's required. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, so that, is our, that is our space. And uh, we're good at it. And it's a, it's a limited part of trucking, but it's still a very significant and growing part of trucking right now. I think now we're uh, an $11 billion industry. Uh, just in big and bulky uh, last mile delivery, yeah, and that's grown because years years ago it was probably half of that. Wow, wow! How does someone learn more about the NHGA and uh, and and engage you guys to become a part of the organization? We have a website 
National Home Delivery Association.com. That's a real mouthful. But, <laughs> uh, so, but you can go there and find out about our association, our members, what we do, you know, and uh, our industry as well. Uh, we think we are on the forefront of the industry. We would like to be the voice of the last mile delivering it, and I believe we are. We're now in the process of analyzing statistics, defining the industry, the size of the industry, and, and so on and so forth. So if you want to know something about the last mile delivery, our association is the one. Got it. And we, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but you guys are developing some, some, uh, some programs to educate people, teach them how to get into this space, how to thrive in this space. Can you talk more about that and when, that's, when that would be available? We actually started a National Home Delivery Association Foundation this year. And uh, it's actually a charitable association to give back to the, uh, to the industry. All of us, most of us, are volunteers in this association. So we had a three-pronged approach. We have, number one, we're providing scholarship, uh, $10,000 scholarship each year to a worthwhile individual. If you're in our association and such, family members, independent contractors, their family members and such, we, we now have a scholarship that we're funding each year so that people can go on to a, a, a career, whatever career they choose, but, you know, uh, on to a post-secondary type of uh, college or, or trade school and such. Uh, that's one prong. The other prong is we developed, along with High Point University, a leadership institute. And what it is is we're, we're going to develop rising executives in our industry. Our industry used to be composed of a bunch of, honestly, old guys like myself. <laughs> and we're trying to bring more and more younger people into this industry and more and more executives that we bring up into the leadership of, of, the, of this industry. So we started this uh, leadership institute where we have a... Uh, uh, three-session program, three days, three sessions throughout the year. And at the end of this program, they become NHDA Institute Fellows. So it's an industry des designation, which, uh, which is brand new. This is brand new for the industry as well. But it's trying to bring people up into careers and leadership in our industry. So it's similar to like a college curriculum, teaches you how to do critical thinking and how to perform in whatever career you choose. We're doing that with a, with a slant on the last mile delivery industry to bring people into our industry. Uh, the final part of it that hasn't rolled out yet that we're developing is what we call an ICC accelerator program. We're developing a program so that we, there is a way to your earlier comment about teaching people how to start their own business, how to get into the industry of last mile delivery. Uh, and I'm talking about people with trucks and operations, how you can uh, actually be a professional in this industry and know how to operate a successful business on your own as a last mile independent contractor. So that's gonna be a very significant program. It's gonna be very detailed. It's taken a lot of work, but there is no other program like that in the industry today. Uh, there are truck driving schools for over the road and that sort of thing, but there is nothing for last mile delivery, and we think we're going to be the first ones 
to develop that and offer that. Got it. I love it. And my final question would be, aside from, you know, the best practices and just overall information and tools that the NACA provides, do you guys also provide access to, like, actual contracts or actual retailers? Are you connecting people with, with work, with opportunities? Can you speak to that? We don't. We don't right now. You know, generally, the retailers want to deal with uh, a company that's going to handle a all their contractor problems and uh, delivery problems. So they'll contract with a company like mine, and I will contract with uh, a, a group of independent contractors to carry out that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we do have a lot of the con- contacts. Uh, the retailers, they don't want to deal with each independent contractor and each last mile delivery driver. They want a management team to handle all that. That's where we come in. So we have access to a lot of business. We're always looking for independent contractors and good independent contractors. And, uh, you know, we like to get independent contractors that spend years with us. I've got an operation in California where we've had people that have worked for us since 2003. Mm. And it's very stable, you know, but they're good at what they do. And they rely on us, you know, and we rely on them. And it's a great relationship. And they make good money. You know, and uh, uh, they make good money because they do the business right. And again, that goes back to this ICC accelerator program. We're trying to teach people how to do the business right and become professional and make money. Doing it right the first time. And have fun. (laughs) For sure, for sure. All right, Don, um, we're going to kind of wrap up. Uh, Before we do that, we have to, number one, let people know where they can connect with you. Where's the best place to reach you if it's LinkedIn or wherever you're social at? And then also, we always end off with a final thought, which is just something you want to leave the audience with, some encouragement, a word of advice, spiritual, uh, entrepreneurial, whatever, wherever that may come from, just come from the heart. So let's start with where people can can, uh, find you. I'm on LinkedIn. Don Staniszewski, I I own a company uh, as well, so I'm also the chairman of the association. You can contact me on there. You can contact me on nationalhomedeliveryassociation.com, and you can get a bunch of information. I'd be glad to respond to anybody. I have people calling me up, asking me about things with the business. We're a very sharing group of companies in our association, you know, so we'll tell you the way it is and and what pitfalls to look out for and... and, uh, We'd like you to be a success, too. Um, And I can tell you this. I have spent my life in last mile delivery. And when I started in the business, you know, I was some 20-year-old kid and such, and there were all these old 50-year-old guys (laughs) in the business. And, uh, you know, now I'm one of those guys, you know. But it was a great career. It's a good career. You know, there's a lot of hours, and there's a lot of – um, it's, it's not a just sit behind your desk type of business. You know, I know many, most of our contractors, if not all of them, and most of our delivery people, there's a lot of management interaction, interaction between people. And that's a good thing, you know. And like I said, it, it was a great career for me. And, you know, now it's becoming more and more trendy. But it's a good career for someone that you can spend your life in and be a success and, and have a lot of uh, rewarding opportunities and a lot of satisfaction. I have a lot of satisfaction in this business. I, I was, uh, years ago, I was involved a lot with uh, uh, different types of trucking, drayage, LTL, truckload and such. And a lot of that was a, a lot of price-based business. This business 
Price is important, important, don't get me wrong, but what is real important is the management expertise, the finesse, the professionalism of the people in this industry. And there's, it's very rewarding. It's a great industry, great uh, career for me. It'll be a great career for you. No doubt. Sounds like a final thought to me. Thank you. All right, guys. So, uh, you know, what we do around this time, if you don't respect that, your whole perspective is whack. Hustle fam, if you smell something burning, it's only your desire. This has been another amazing conversation with myself, Don Staniszewski of the NHDA National Home Delivery Association. You guys check them out. Learn more. I'm really excited to learn about the, you know, the accelerator program and what you guys are doing. I think that's really, really cool, and I'd love to be involved in that and help Great. in any way. Um, yeah, guys, I think that's it. Um, Hustle Fam, we are out. Thank you. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.